0: And so if it's a new song to you, you can learn it with us. Uh, if you know it, sing it out with us. You can help us. But let's stand together and we're going to try the creed. Good job on that one. We'll keep singing that one, learning that one more and more, and uh, they just get better and better. You know, every song that we have that we sing, that we sing really well at one time was a new song, and so we're grateful uh, for talented musicians. If you have your Bible, if you go to uh, the book of Philippians this morning, the book of Philippians, and if you'll find the fourth chapter, we're going to be there in just a moment reading together i gonna give you a lot of scripture uh, today. And uh, you'll want to take some notes, I hope, and write down all these references. And I'm going to go through pretty quickly. And uh, you can go back and look at them in your uh, leisure time. Uh, Dr. Jack Haskins, he is a professor at the University of Tennessee. He spent 12 years researching the effects of media uh, on people, uh, how media impacted people. Uh, Imagine that 12 years studying how media impacts people. He gave his life to that. And and one of his studies attempted to determine the impact of a five-minute radio program upon people. Now, what you need to know about this five-minute radio program is it was all negative news stories. Things like 17 children blown up on a bus, an earthquake that killed thousands, riots in the streets of a large city, and so on. And he took one group and he had them listen to this five-minute negative news program And then he took another control group and he had them listen to more positive and uplifting news. And after evaluating these groups, um, here's what he found out about the listeners who were exposed to just five minutes of bad negative news. He discovered four discernible effects on them. Number one, not surprising, they were more depressed than before. They were more depressed than before. Well, that's a given, right? Number two... They believed the world was a negative place. They just saw the world as being negative. Number three surprised me. They were less likely to help other people. They were less likely to help other people. And number four is very interesting. Now remember, they've been listening to five minutes of negative news. Number four, they began to believe that what they heard would soon happen to them they began to believe that what they heard would soon happen to them. Simply by receiving and reflecting on the information from the radio program, their perceptions of the world and their outlook on life were adversely affected. Their concept of reality was shaped by their thoughts, what they were thinking, what was in their mind. And we should not be surprised about that. I mean, the book of Proverbs says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Chip Ingram said the old axiom, you are what you eat, is true not only physically, but also psychologically and spiritually. The faults we entertain in our minds become the faults that guide our lives for better or for worse. David Jeremiah told about a highway sign in Canada, and the highway sign simply said, Take care which rut you choose, you'll be in it for the next 25 miles. And he went on to say, our thoughts make the ruts which our actions will have to follow. Our thinking issues in our doing, what we ponder, we end up practicing, and our learning determines our living. So I want to challenge you today concerning what you think and your thinking and your thought process. Now, you do think, don't you? I mean, you are thinking, right? Heard about an old farmer. He was concerned about the boy who was working for him, and so he asked him, Well, what do you do in your spare time, John? And John replied, Sometimes I sit and think, and other times I just sit. The truth of the matter is, that reminds me of a lot of church people, a lot of church attenders. Uh, Sometimes they come and they sit and think, and sometimes they just come and they sit. But I don't want you just to sit today. I want you to sit and think, okay? So I want you to think about what you're thinking about. I believe this is a vital topic especially what's going on in our world. We were joking earlier a little bit about just all the bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news that's coming. And you heard more bad news when you got here because I told you stuff. I, I could tell some hadn't heard about the, the murder horn. But anyway, uh, so I did to challenge you today. Remember, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you. So Philippians chapter 4, and I want you to look with me at two verses here in this passage. Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verses 8 and 9. Paul writing to the church at Philippi under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, finally, brethren, don't you love it when the preacher says that finally, brethren, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. What are the, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm asking you a lot of questions today. And the very first main question I want to ask you, don't answer out loud, is what are you currently thinking about? What are you currently thinking about? Now I'm not talking about lunch. I'm not talking about going to the lake this afternoon. I'm not talking about uh, what you're going to be doing this week. I want you to think about just what you've been thinking about in recent days. Maybe this week, maybe the past month, maybe the last couple of months, maybe since this whole um, strange world we find ourselves living in began back in March. And I want you to think about what you've been thinking about. And maybe you're thinking, well, I haven't really been thinking about much lately. Well, let me just challenge you in that. Did you know they tell me the average person the average person has 10,000 separate thoughts each day. 10,000 separate thoughts each day. That works out to be 3.5 million thoughts a year. So if you're average, you're going to have 3.5 million thoughts this year. If you live to be 75, you will have over 26 million different thoughts. Now, who sits around and counts up all those, I don't know, but we'll just get them to the benefit of the doubt. that you're going to have a lot of thoughts in your life. And I think the best way to approach this today, because you think, well, what have I been thinking about? I don't know what I've been thinking about. I I just did good to get here today, preacher, so much less what I've been thinking about this past week and this past month. And in fact, I had not been thinking much this morning. I've just been thinking, I hope I make it to church. So let me give you some more questions to think about today. All right, we're thinking about what we're thinking about. You're not just sits, sits and thinking today. Let me ask you some questions to help you think about what you're thinking about. You ready? What are your favorite TV shows you've been watching lately? Don't answer out loud, but in your own heart and mind, what have you been watching on TV? Uh, What websites do you visit the most? When you're on the Internet and you're going to websites, which one do you go to the most? Uh, What books have you been reading? If you do read, sad to say a lot of adults never read. A lot of people never read a book after they get out of school. But if you do read, what kind of books are you reading? What have you been reading lately? Uh, how about this one? What kind of movies have you been watching? What movies have you watched lately? Maybe you watched a movie last night. Uh, maybe you watched a movie on Friday night or whatever. What movies have you been watching? How about this one? What's currently on your playlist? Ever, how you listen to music? What's on your playlist? Um. If you don't listen to the playlist, uh, how about uh, your favorite radio station? What do you got attuned to? What do you listen to on the radio station? Or, or maybe you're into podcasts and you listen to podcasts. Or how about this for those who maybe are into video games? What video games have you been playing a lot lately? Just, just think it with me here. How about this one? Uh, what magazines have you been looking at lately and reading and flipping through? Maybe what magazines do you get delivered to your home as a subscription? Uh, how about this one? Uh, what text messages have you been sending and receiving lately? You know, I mean, I, I, my text—I had text coming in before I got out of bed this morning. And so you're getting texts, I'm getting texts. So you get what? What messages are coming to you, and what messages are going out from you? We're just thinking about what we're thinking about because all this is mental intake. And finally, how much Bible have you taken in lately? How much have you read your Bible this past week or this past month or, or whatever? How much have you done? See, the reason I, I gave you a little exercise is I want you to see what you're filling your mind with because all of us are filling our minds with something. And a lot of times we don't give any thought to what we're thinking about. We just kind of mindlessly take it in. Uh, we're so accustomed to it uh, because sometimes it's um, it, it, it's just something we do. We don't think about it. We, like the person and maybe... Snacks or smokes, you don't give a conscious thought to it. You're just used to doing it, but yet it still impacts you. Uh, we're bombarded with mental input. I, I trust you know that. Sometimes it's forced upon us. Remember when you used to go to the store, when we could go to stores and restaurants and you would go and there would be music playing and, and they didn't ask you, uh, what kind of music would you like to listen to today? No, you didn't get that option. It's just whatever was playing is playing. You'd be in a store and whatever's playing is playing. And even stores have their own, their own networks and they have their own thing they do. And so sometimes we can't get away from it. We're there and it's just coming at us. But a lot of the mental input that we have in our lives, we consciously or unconsciously choose to bring it into our lives. And it impacts us. And what I'm challenging us today to do is to think about what we're thinking about. And so what are you currently thinking about? And then let's ask this question. So you're kind of considering where you are at the moment. So let's ask this question. What should you be thinking about? And let's see if what we have been thinking about lines up what we should be thinking about. Are you still thinking with me? Paul lays out for us here a standard for believers when it comes to our thought life. Um, He's writing of this race of the Holy Spirit. He gives eight guidelines or eight qualities of things we should be filling our minds with And all of them begin, as you see, I read from the New King James, whatever things are. Six of them begin with that, and two do not. King James have whatsoever things are, I think, is how it's rendered. Um, The reason the last two probably don't have it, they kind of seem to be a summary of the previous six things. When you look at the list, we find that there are these qualities, these things that we're to be thinking about. Things of good report, true, just, lovely, noble, pure, virtuous and praise or praiseworthy. And let me me walk you through what those mean because when you see that list, you just kind of think, well, I I don't know. Let's just talk about them one by one real quick here today. First of all, we're supposed to think upon things that are true. Well, what does that mean? It means this: the idea of real or genuine. It's not false. It's reliable. It's something that is true. And then it says we're to think on things that are noble, things that are noble. That means things that are worthy of respect, things that are honorable or dignified. Then it says, think about things that are just. That means being right or being righteous. Think upon right things and righteous things. And then here's an important one. It's a tough one in our society. Think upon things that are pure. That means things that are morally clean, not dirty, not filthy. You recognize along with me that this filth is all around us. But the Bible says, think upon, think upon things that are pure, morally clean. And then think upon things that are lovely. That is the idea of being beautiful. Things that are a good report. That means things worth talking about, not junk. And then it says things with virtue. That means things that are excellent. And then it says things that are praised or praiseworthy. And that means it could truthfully, honestly be praised as good. Now, here's the truth of the matter. Sometimes when we give you a long list of those eight things, you're kind of like... Yeah, I kind of get it. Well, let me ask you in a different way. Let's, Let's turn them into questions. Is what you're thinking about, is it true? Is it worthy of respect? Is it right? Is it clean? Is it truly beautiful? Is it worth thinking about and talking about? Would God consider your thoughts and your thought life and your mental intake, would He consider it something that is excellent and worthy of praise? You see, God is very clear here. He says, think on these things. And that's more than just a passing thought. It's the idea of really giving serious consideration to, to ponder, to dwell on, to keep on thinking about these things. Realize, beloved, just how it's serious your thought life really is. There's a battle raging for your mind. There's a battle raging for your thoughts. You know what? The advertisers, they want your mind. You know why? They want you to buy their stuff. And they want to create discontent within you. And they want to show you this is what really is the good life. And what you have is junk. And what we have is better. And I want you to think about this. You need these things. And they want to control your mind. Because when they control your mind, they can control your pocketbook. Can I just remind you that the politicians want your mind. <laughs> they want your mind. They want you to be thinking about them and their program and, and their ways and their ideas and their path. And so they're screaming. They want your attention. The cultists, they want your mind. Why? If they have their mind, they can control you. Can I just remind you today, the devil wants your mind. The devil wants your mind. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. When you have a person's mind, you can bring about control in their life. Let me give you a whole bunch of Scripture. I'm going to give you all the references. And I want to walk through these with you. And I want to show you just how important the mind really is. And we'll give you some more Scripture later on. Proverbs 23, 7. The first part says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What's in the heart and mind comes out in the life. Mark seven twenty through 23. Listen to this one. And he said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man. For from within, listen, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Now listen to this list. Not only evil thoughts, but adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Have you ever given any thought to this? Think about all the evil in our world. Think about all the crime. All the horrible things that we hear about and read about. And some of these things, we can't even fathom people doing this. Hurting and killing little children. Just all these things. All of that started. You know where it started? In the mind and the heart of individuals. Every crime, everything. It starts in the mind and the heart from within. And from within it flows out. That's why it's so important of what you take in because what you put in comes out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about the enemy. Verses 3 and 4. For even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds listen whose minds the god of this age little g the devil the enemy the god of this age has blinded their minds why who do not believe lest the light of the gospel the glory of Christ who's the image of god should shine on them beloved do you doubt for one moment when you hear all of this scripture just how important your thinking is your thinking is so vital now here's the truth sometimes Thoughts come into our minds. Negative thoughts, sinful thoughts, tempting thoughts. And those things come, did you ever notice, they come without invitation and without warning. I mean, you could be driving along this afternoon. You could leave this church parking lot and set out on your way and you get out on maybe one of the highways and somebody cuts you off. And a, a thought could float into your mind. And it's not a pretty thought. It's not a nice thought. And it floats in. And if you're not careful, that thought could make its way all the way down to your mouth or it can make it all the way down to maybe your fingers. And it starts with a thought. It didn't come with a warning. And so when these thoughts come into our minds, what do we do with them? Well, number one, we don't yield. We don't entertain them. The Bible says we're supposed to take them captive. Write this reference down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. As a believer, you don't have to entertain and act upon The temptations and the evil thoughts and the wicked thoughts. I mean, they come. It could be thoughts of of, of anger, lust, you name it. They can come in, but we don't have to keep them there. We don't have to entertain them and develop them. It's kind of like the old saying, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can't keep them from building a nest in your hair, right? I mean, they come, but you don't have to entertain them. So here's the question then. We've looked at our thought life so far. We looked at what we should be thinking. Now I want to give you some ways to start thinking about what you should be thinking about. Okay? Ways to start thinking about what you should be thinking about. And I've got to start with this one. If you're going to think right, the first thing you need to do is to be right with God, you need to be saved. I mean, because we can't do this on our own. We have to have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if you are not saved, this is the starting point today. If you think for a moment where you are in life and realize the Bible says that all of us have sinned, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you'll return from your sin and place your faith in Christ, you will be saved. So I invite you today, whether you're in this building or you're watching next door, if you've never come to Christ, today's the day to give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, I assume and I know that a lot of people, most people listening to me, you say, I've settled that. Well, praise be to God. So let's talk about what we need to do next. I think we need to talk about for a moment our thought lives in regard to sin in our thought life. Really, when it comes to our response to our thinking, maybe the very first thing we need to do is repent. And maybe as you thought about your thought life, you realize that you've been thinking and watching and taking in some things that are not pleasing to God. And we need to repent. Repent, remember, is a change of mind which leads to a change of direction. It's turning to God and away from your sin. It's confessing what you know is wrong to the Lord and agreeing with Him. It's the idea of going in a different direction. And so maybe, for example, maybe you've been watching very wicked, filthy movies. Or maybe you've been looking at pornography or whatever. You need to repent. To turn from that to God. Ask for His forgiveness. Ask for His help. Ask for His enablement. And even ask for help from others if you need to do that. And so it may be, and I know that's, maybe you say, oh, that's extreme. Well, it could be as as easy as just reading wrong things. Because remember, we're supposed to be reading things that are true. Things that are lovely, things that are just. We may be looking at things that are wicked and evil or whatever. So repentance may be the starting point for some here today. But then there's a second, this is a real key, and I want you to really lean in close for the next few minutes. We need to replace. We need to replace things in our life. In other words, you've got to replace the wrong kind of thinking with the right kind of thinking. Now, what I'm about to say may sound radical to some. And it may even sound extreme. And you may shake your head and say, no way. But I want you to hear me out, okay? Because we're not just sits today, we're sits and thinks, okay? You might need to, you might need to replace some ungodly friends with some godly friends. Let me give you a verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. And the people that you hang with, they impact you more than you know. And they're planning things in your mind, in your heart. And if you spend all your time with people that are constantly corrupting you, don't be surprised when you've corrupted yourself. It may be that you need to change some friendships. Um, looking out on this crowd, you might be here and... I'm going to get real radical now. Maybe you're in a situation in your life where you are dating or looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend or maybe you're a little bit further along and you're looking for a husband or a wife and, and that's people of all different areas and stages. I'm not naive here. I've got to remind you that... Um, they might be cool and popular, but you better stop considering the coolness factor for a moment and consider their character, who they really are. Because um, the way that they are and the way they treat others the way they're going to treat you, may be even worse. And we need to have people in our lives that are people of character. And they may look good. And I say, man, she's a knockout. Or boy, he's cute. But uh, you need to be more concerned about them loving Jesus than them looking good. If they look good, that's a bonus. But I guess you've got to burst your bubble today. Looks and beauty can fade. Ugly will remain. <laughs> it's more important that they love Jesus. And I don't mean that they'll just tag along to church with you like a puppy dog because they want to be with you, but they have a vital, real relationship with Jesus Christ themselves. See, we're talking about thinking biblically here. We're talking about looking at things and looking at people and looking at situations and looking at our lives from a biblical point of view and thinking rightly. Not thinking worldly. Because worldliness says find the popular person, the cool person, the good looking person, the successful person in the world's eyes and that's who you want. No. Not as a believer. You want a person of character, a person who loves Jesus and will love you like Jesus loves you. That you can serve the Lord together and grow together. And um, if they're cool and popular and good looking, that's a bonus. That's not the main thing. Well, some say it's gone from preaching to meddling. I better move on. Well, let me meddle a little bit more. Not only relationships, and by the way, I know sometimes you can't end relationships because you say, Well, I got family and all. Well, you pray for them, you live the Christian life, you love them. That's what the Bible says. Some need to replace maybe their mental intake, what they're reading, what they're listening to, whatever, with godly material. And write. And by the way, this doesn't just say read your Bible. This is all kinds of things. These things are true and lovely. and, And God has filled our world with wonderful things. And it may mean that you need, to, you need to delete some MP3s off your playlist. It may mean you need to trash your magazines and stop some subscriptions. It may mean you need to stop following certain people on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and say, you know what, they're not really leading me down a path of righteousness. And, and what they're doing is not really showing me how a person ought to live and how they ought to do what they should do. And so just, it's very easy. The delete button is a wonderful thing that... Has been given to us, because if you spend all your time, you can live in a fantasy world. That's what so many people are doing. They're watching other people's highlight reels and look at their own life, saying, "Well, I'm a failure and I'm no good." And look at their life, and look at their couple, and look at their family, and in most of it's a facade. A lot of it's fake. They got airbrush artists and people fixing them up. You want to know how to have a godly life and a godly family? Come to the book, come to the Bible, and ask God the Holy Spirit to teach you and show you what's really, really important. Can I just meddle even a little bit more? I'm going to make some older people mad on this one. Some of you need to turn off the news, shut it off. I mean, truth of the matter, listen, I'm not saying live with your head in the sand. You need to know what's going on but to sit around for 24 hours a day, seven days a week with MSNBC or Fox News or whatever, and just let it play over and over, or tune in to talk radio and just listen to it over. They say the same thing over and over again, by the way, if you ever listen to it. It's the same thing, but I don't know how you make it through life with all of that, just five minutes, these people just back, gave up on life, and yet you spend five hours negative, 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 negative. And I don't know how you make it. Shut off the news and turn on some Jesus music. Lift yourself up and praise the Lord. I mean, honestly, I don't know how you make it. You're depressed. You depressed me. I'm just trying to save myself some work. I really am. Because when you go with the good-looking, popular, cool idiot, you're going to come and go, Preacher, help me. And I will. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I will. I'll help you. Don't hesitate to come. But you're dragging through life. No wonder. There's no joy in Jesus if I've been all my time filling my life with negative stuff. Some of us need to throw some stuff away. We need to go home and throw some junk out. Magazines. DVD, whatever it is that's ungodly, unhelpful, unhealthy, wicked, vile, and evil. Because here's what the truth of the matter is, beloved. It doesn't end here. Because what goes in here and here comes out here. What goes in comes out. Notice what it says in verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. So in other words, Paul says, I'm an example. You've learned them, you received them, you heard them, you saw them in me. These do. See, thinking is the beginning point, but it's not the ending point. And Paul was not just a teacher and a leader. He was an example. And it's important that we have proper examples because who you watch, who you listen to, what you expose yourself to is going to impact your life. That brings me to the third point we've got to hurry, and that is renew. This brings us to the Bible. Now notice I, I didn't bring the Bible up at first. Because here's the truth of the matter. You can't spend all your time reading the Bible. I can't either. I'm a pastor and I can't do that. We've got to find ways to get the Bible in our lives. But there are other things that are true and lovely and just and beautiful. And God has given us all things richly to enjoy. But listen to these verses. I'll read them quick. Y'all listen fast, all right? All right. Romans 12, one and two, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, do you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Like you might take a wad of play, though, and press it into a mold. Don't let the world press you in the mould, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Are you fixed and fixed today? Alright, listen. All Scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true. To make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And then listen to what it says about Psalm 19, 7-9. Nine, talking about the Word of God. Think about those eight qualities and listen to what it says about the Bible. Psalm 19, 7-9. Nine. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for a living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. If you're going to think right, if you're going to think right, you've got to get this book in your life. You've got to get it on the inside. You've got to learn it and memorize it and meditate it. Do whatever you can. And for some, it may mean today all you do is just grab a devotional as you go out the back door and just say, you know what, I'm going to just start reading the devotion. Each day I'm going to read a Bible verse. I'm going to read a devotion. I'm going to think about that Bible verse. That's a wonderful way to start your day. To put the Bible in your life. Be intentional with what you're doing I love how John Phillips said it. He said a guarded thought life, and that's what we need to do, guard our thought life. A guarded thought life has to be accompanied by a guided thought life. This doesn't happen by accident. If you just go out in life and you say, well, whatever happens, happens, you're not going to have the kind of thought life and the mental intake that you should, and it's going to impact your life. Because what goes in comes out. So this week I want to challenge you to think about what you're thinking about. As you go through your life this week, and I'm thinking about when you need a microphone, this is driving me crazy, but think about what you're thinking about. As you're thinking about things, just stop for a moment and say, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? Is it right? Is it true? Is it just? Is it worthy of respect? Is it clean? Is it beautiful? Is it worth talking about? Would God be pleased with this? And some today, your starting point is salvation. You need to be saved. And God will purify you and cleanse you and wash you from your sin. For others, you need to repent today. You know, if you were honest, you're watching filthy things, you're listening to filthy things, you're corrupting your life. And you're not pleasing God. And you need to repent and get right about that. Others, you need to do some replacement today. You need to take some action and get rid of some stuff in your life. Whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it's at your house. There might be some dads that need to sit down today and say to his family, I'm sorry, I have dropped the ball. I didn't provide leadership in this. We've been doing things we should never have been doing. We've been watching things we never should have watched. We've been listening we never should have listened to. And I'm guilty and I'm sorry. I mean, there might be some steps we need to take as we replace ungodly with godly. And then we've got to renew now, here's some exciting I Don't close up shop. yet. I've got to show you one more thing. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. We're not left to our own strength on this. Look at verse 9 again. He says, The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. But he didn't stop there. Look what he says next. And the God of peace will be with you. See, we don't do this in our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit's strength, and He'll give us strength. So let me ask you in closing today, what are you thinking about? What is God saying to you right now? Whatever He's saying, can I just encourage you to respond in obedience and in faith? To really think about what you're thinking about. Let's pray. Father, we need help in this. Thousands of voices are screaming for our attention. May we hear your voice above them all. May your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts this moment. May we be honest and humble before you. And allow the Holy Spirit to put His finger on anything. Some people are not living with peace right now because they've not filled their life with truth. Some people are not living clean because they filled their life with filth. Forgive us, Lord. We live in a dirty world and we choose some of the dirt ourselves. Forgive us. Help us to make Decisions with your guidance to fill our lives with things that are true and right and just and noble and virtuous and praiseworthy and pure and the like. Help us to take responsibility for our thought life. To truly guard it by guiding it. I pray for someone today who may be resolving with your help that they're going to begin maybe just a simple devotional this week and just just begin their day with just a Bible verse and some encouragement from a Bible writer and a devotional writer and just, just begin to concentrate on your word. Bless them in that labor. Bless those who find themselves maybe in circumstances or situations that they cannot remove themselves. Because we know because of school and work and family situations, sometimes there is all kinds of things going on around us. But Lord, even in those days, we can choose to meditate on you and your truth. So Lord, help us, I pray. We love you. We praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. We're going to sing in closing a song that we've come to really love. I think, as a church family. I don't think many churches sing this one, but it's meaningful to us. Sometimes we have to just be held. And right where you are today, God can do a work in your heart. If He hasn't already, pray to Him, talk with Him, deal with Him during this closing song. Just be held. Let's stand together and sing.